Tim, 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 Tim. Hey, Ryan, how are you? Hello, good morning. Good, good morning. Afternoon. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. To episode 79. What if that was how this podcast went? You mean, like, Just we hear barking morning DJs? We could try. Ugh. But I don't think we should. No, I don't either. Anyway, this <laughs> That was is... probably enough for everybody. Let's just try the intro that way. Okay. This is episode 79 of Dismembering Horror, the podcast show where myself, Ryan McDuffie. And myself, Tim Aslan. We talk about what worked for us, what did not work for us, and anything we found interesting or noteworthy hey! about a horror film that we watched. God, that is awful. <laughs> <laughs> and this hard, week... hard to do, hard to listen to. <laughs> it's I funny, mean, but it was a thing. I could keep it going. I once I'm in the mode of anything that's kind of yeah. like makes you go insane. I kind of just <laughs> fully embrace it. Like you know when you're like e- this movie we watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, like when you're editing or doing sound effects or like when you're oh, doing yeah. sound design yeah, and like yeah. you're listening to like the same line on repeat or something. <sighs> Brutal. I like just tune in. I tune out the insanity inducing. Yeah. So if we had to, I could. I, I like that feeling when you kind of get in this weird, you know, you're just in this weird zone of, I don't know, it's almost hypnosis. And but my biggest problem with it, and I mean in that sense, like if you're working on a project, a lot of time that happens with me if I'm working on like a song that I'm writing and I'm trying to lay it down or whatever, record certain parts of it. And, you know, 10 hours will go by and I won't have had any food or whatever. <laughs> and I'll be like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that, that the day is over. I need to like actually eat and actually be a human. Yeah. My pro and I'm fine with all of that up to that point. My problem is, is then when you put it down, especially if it's audio type stuff, you're just, for me, I'm just hearing the thing for the next 24 hours. <laughs> so like you can't sleep cause you're just the song or whatever is in your head on like the worst part of it is just re- yeah. repeating. <laughs> Uh, that's know, usually, awful for me. You don't get that? No, because I feel oh, so fuel, so lucky. like fueled up from just like being plugged in and feeling like I made progress. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'm just in a good place. Bad stuff doesn't happen. I mean, I think mentally I'm in a good place because I feel like I got shit done, but there's that part of my brain that just is replaying it. <laughs> and yeah. I can't, and then it becomes like horrifying. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, as we said, this is 79 of episode 79 of Dismembering Horror. No, enough with that. Um, and yeah, today, the film that we'll be talking about, the film that we watched, whether you watched it or not, we hope we hope you did, but then we also hope you didn't, maybe. <laughs> I almost just spit coffee all over the place. <laughs> um, no, we do do this podcast in the spirit that basically where if you don't have a horror Bud, a fellow horror fiend, to watch and then digest a horror film with, horror films with, well, we're here for you. Mm, 
We're so here for you. Yeah. We, and we like to Tim wrap and, our big tentacles right around you. <laughs> Tim and I. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, Tim and I are horror fans and filmmakers. And um, we, we found it a tackleable genre to get through. Like, we want to see what's out there. Yeah. And what better way to do it than be sh- I guarantee you watch one once a week. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and what better way to learn from it than to talk about what worked and did not work for us. We also take yeah. a subjective point of view. We encourage you and expect you to disagree. Yeah. And have fun either way, hopefully. All right. All right. Well, so I don't think I've said it yet. It's The Devil's Doorway from 2018. That's <laughs> what we watched. I mean, some alliteration never heard anybody. El Devil's Door. The Devil's Doorway from 2018. You know, fun fact, Tim, this is the third episode that we've done that is a possessive to the entity of the devil this mm, is the, really? we've done the devil's doorway now then we had um the devil's backbone and then we've also had satan's slaves very nice that's true and you have to made... say that this isn't the only sort of satanic it movie we've done because Cr- we've got others much more of those yeah you know would you put paranormal activity in it's close, but not quite the um, same thing. Yeah, because cause demons. Right, right. It's, yeah, it's a little more... Upside down crosses, like all that. Right. Anyway, should we watch the trailer? Yeah, we should. All right, here it is. From 2018, I believe it had its festival premiere, but premiered widely. 2019, The Devil's Doorway. Hail Satan. Look around you, John. Do you think God is here in this place? This place disgusts me. The people who run this place disgust me. Reverend Mother, would you like to comment about what's been going on? There is evil in this place. What's happening here? This room is off limits, Father. There's something going on in this house. Hello? You are not prepared for this, Father Riley. I've seen moving statues. I've seen water turned into wine. I've seen miracles, John. But that's not what's happened here. Prepare yourself, Father. God in heaven. Well, Tim, first up, next up, I should say, is our rating for the film. Oh. Per our rating system, would you tell yourself, Tim Tim Aslan, to avoid it, stream it, rent it, or buy it? I thought you were going to say next up is our segment called Cliche Corner, where we <laughs> talk about how <laughs> this movie is just a big cliche. Um, no. Uh, so I'm a stream. I'm a, I don't think I'm an avoid because... Like it's it's okay. It's it's got like it's okay of a movie to that I feel like you could kind of put on while you're doing stuff. <laughs> and like like it serves a purpose. Yeah. Um I know what you mean, yeah. You know, like I it's not like oh I'm not like offended by it or or like it's so unwatchable that it's like a waste of time. It doesn't feel like that to me. Yeah. Same here. I don't, I don't, I guess overall look at movies as like, it's okay to just have on while doing something else because like, 
even for I, I agree it's a, a I give it a stream it and kind of like a lower kind of whatever stream it like we've said stream it to worse things I think <laughs> right you know oh yeah um but uh <laughs> aside the point but just since you brought it up like I don't know even for a film like this where if you're gonna get something out of it at all like you better be pretty tuned into it for like <laughs> it's a fair the, point. the eeriness and atmosphere <laughs> to work you know like it'd only be that much forgettable or like why yeah. even bother if you weren't gonna give it your full attention yeah i i think of uh, have a, a have it on movie as comfort food you know right movies right. like just, i can put la confidential on <laughs> yeah and, and like i've seen it so many times that just having it on I'm yeah. like, I know what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's a wrong way of looking at it. Maybe it's more like if you want to put this on and sit there and contemplate your existence. <laughs> <laughs> or I don't know if you're just, I think, more a horror fan and you're like, cool, like priest stuff, devil stuff, possession stuff, yeah. um, found footage film. I want to see it. Yeah, maybe it's more like you put it on right like at the end of a long day mm -hmm. and you just you don't want to it's like CSI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You don't want to think too hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you do want to watch something and just sort of let it let it right shower you or I just feel sort like of a glaze come over we'll you. get into it but there was enough working to just get you to at least be yeah. sitting up during it yeah and yeah. to not totally tune out I so we'll that. get to that yeah. but how about the rating or no no the summary summary well i mean you could kind of just read the um the like little what do you call the little titlings that come in on the trailer? It's like it's just telling you the story. Yeah. So two priests get called to go to what's called a Magdalene laundry in Ireland in 1960. Yep. They're um, to investigate a miracle. Right. Of, that, of um, blood coming out of Virgin Mary statue eyes. Right. And so a Magdalene uh, laundry is a place back in the day. This is true and not great. Like the opposite of great, like horrible, um, <laughs> where all sorts of women were sent um, because of various issues, whether it was issues <laughs> like being pregnant without yeah. a husband. Right, yeah, right. Like <laughs> the issues be like Catholic church issues. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, being pregnant or whatever, like if they were a sex worker or if they had some sort of mental, um, whatever, mental disorder or, or issue going on that they, that the society didn't want to deal with them. And so they, they are just chucked them in these it, nunnery type it is places. A, no, it is a literal laundry place. Like that's why it's called that they're doing, it's like. That's right. They're basically just there to be manual labor. Yeah. It's super fucked up. Yeah. It's essentially prison. And it's, it's there, there, we have the mother superior leading the whole thing. Who's as stern, intimidating, yeah. nun classic in that sense. Also it's, it's prison for something that basically you had nothing to do with. Yeah. That's what's so fucked up about it. Uh, basically we have, yeah. Father Thomas is the older, <laughs> I call him he's the doubting thomas type oh <laughs> look at what you did there Ryan. <laughs> um and then uh the younger one the cameraman father john and they're they're Quite on the, the yeah they're on the hunt to get the evidence and stuff keeps happening as like uh, the more blood from the statue eyes the girl trapped downstairs yeah that's really where it sort of hits its Ghosts stride in the the running around or something like that yeah possessed girl speaking greek yeah and from sort of a story plot character um point of view like 
the story pretty much is that Father Thomas, he's been doing, he's the person who gets called to deal with quote unquote miracles. Yeah. And to essentially debunk them. Like at least that's sort of his point of view. And so you have the young father who's a little more like, uh, what would you call that? Wide-eyed and like, oh, miracles in God are great and mm-hmm. how amazing. He's open to it. And you ha- and and Thomas is very much jaded and cynical and basically says, you know, there may be a God, but like this shit is bullshit. And it worked because it came from a place where he was cynical with the actual Catholic church too. Mm-hmm. Like he was basically like, allowed us to key into it because he's basically like, look at this place. Yeah, he's like, look, if there's a devil, it's us. It's humans because we do fucked up shit, which is actually, I think, a really cool kind of point of view. Well, yeah. there's maybe because I agree with it. I mean, I look at it as like there is inside of us all, there is God and the devil. And both of those Mm -hmm. are just sort of emblems or totems for things inside us all that exist in the universe. Yeah. I, I mean, this is a little like just personal tangent i guess but like i've always had that feeling i've always had that weirdness of when people when they use the totem or the the entity the outside thing to justify behavior right like oh you know i did this nice thing because because i'm a good christian and god told me to do it kind of thing or vice versa right like oh that person did an awful thing It, it must have been the influence of the devil and that way of framing it has always seemed very odd to me because I'm like, but they did it. You know what I mean? So I I am super disconnected from that mentality or that way I, of looking at it. I guess it's just they're all just words because you can look at it like I, I can connect to the phrase, follow your heart, like do what you know, follow your intuition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what I'm saying is I think the literal translation that some people put out there mm-hmm. is where I go – what, wait, what? Right, like you're you're speaking in more of like the metaphorical aspect of using that terminology, which I think is fine. Yeah, um, I get bogged down when people are a little overly literal and dogmatic about those yeah. types of things. I'm always like, I like it. My brain kind of just goes, well, <laughs> yeah. Because are you getting at that's when they do it in the sense of like that they're looking at as very, very a separate thing from themselves. Yeah. And not, as I said, we have God and the devil exactly. in us in a certain I, I mean, way. I kind of like your your way of putting that. Mm-hmm. That makes me go, yeah, that's cool. All right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. I've, makes I've, more sense. I've gone like full circle kind of like being raised in the Catholic church and going to like oh, were you really? school I didn't, I and all that. that. We're like, had to go full circle to like, <laughs> you know, hate everything that's hateable about them, (laughs) but then start to look at the stories and the words just as metaphors. Totally. And and then like, I, I get that, you know, I think allegory is great. Yeah. Like teach that lesson, baby. And eventually things get worse and worse, of course. And they end up in caves or whatever. (laughs) And it's like all the nuns are evil, of course, or whatever. And kind of get jump scares along the way of, of the nuns right in front of us or the ghost kid is right in front of us, whatever. Or then, and then we get the hodgepodge of like, hodgepodge is the right word to things out of of the exorcism, you know, movie, the, uh, floating (laughs) above the bed, like crosses turning upside down, move things flying across the room. 
Um, you know, the girl chained to the bed, like all that shit is just it's speaking in foreign tongues. Yeah, exactly. Exa- it's it's like just fucking the hit Which, list. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get into that more about yeah. how that's working and maybe not working and a little of both. So should we do that? What worked? I think we should. All right. Devil's Doorway, what worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? It worked like a charm, Smith. What worked? I guess just to continue that same thought, like, or just use that as the jumping off point, like it's what all that I realize, all that stuff that that's so stereotypical, it's, it's like annoying how, you know, many times we've seen it before, Mm -hmm. but if the film itself like had a verisimilitude that was, whoa, uh, wow. (laughs) Which <laughs> now I'm not. I'm gonna just say for our listeners' sake. I'm sure all of you know what that means. I don't remember what that means. Which I, I mean, I'll get. I'll. You'll hear what I'm saying. Okay, and you'll great. know. Like, <laughs> okay. Like when you a found footage movie. Let's take Blair Witch Project. Some of the paranormal activities. The the realness to it. That lived in feel. Like it's actually found footage you're watching. Mm-hmm. That's the sense of versimilitude. I mean, oh, I get it. You know? It's like versata- versatile. Right. So where this one, it as soon as you have like the opening scene where it's like, you know, take a moment from the end because it's a jump scare and they're in the caves, put it at the beginning, then just like like blanket it with the, the obvious scary music. And then throughout you blanket it with the obvious scary music. It just loses that sense of it's a found footage film entirely. Uh, yeah. It defeats the purpose. Yeah. So I don't want to say it's the fact that it had these like common things in it, like with the exorcism genre, subgenre, because just the like, do I, there's what I haven't seen it, but there's another found footage exorcist film out there that's called like the devil something else. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, it's, it's, yeah, it's the fact that like it would be cool to see those things done in a film that where you're like when you're watching it you're going, "Oh my god, this is real." Like I would be down to see yeah. like girl floating if I'm like fully buying into the reality of it, like the Blair Witch or whatever, you know. You or know, it's really teased and it doesn't right. also fall back on these um the other tropes of like the jump scare tropes. Yeah, there's a movie called The Fourth Kind. I have yet to see it. The alien stuff, I'm into it, though. The Now, forget about there's... It's got its own issues in sort of kind of... In a different way of what you're saying, but where it, it breaks the found footage and the it's a movie sort of stuff, but that's beside the point. The actual footage, the, like... This is footage from the case that they put on. It's not actual footage, but like what they call the actual footage in that movie is super effective. And like, I agree with what you're saying. That's a very hard thing to hone in on and get and make us go, oh, fuck. But this is 
this is the actual footage. Right. And so, yeah, uh, what's the thing that works? I know. About I was just going to say, I was sitting here realizing completely, I think for the first time, <laughs> broke the format of the show and jumped ahead to like how the music wasn't working right. and that killed it. But I, I want to get, I guess, the point being to get out of the way because we don't have it for a section, the, the, the tropey things themselves about exorcism weren't not working in themselves. That's why I was choosing to put it now, which isn't as far right, as right, what worked. Right. Maybe that would have been a better thing That's of note. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Okay. But no, okay. Now I can transition to kind of though what, okay, now we'll stay on what worked. How about that? <laughs> like, cool. I'm, like I'm supposed to do. Um, Though that verisimilitude, I really appreciated where it was there and where it was working. You have like the correct 16 millimeter, mm-hmm. you know, film and mm-hmm. aspect ratio. Yeah, and what I was like looking for that just made me so happy was the quality of the set of their dialogue sounding like it was mm. from, you know, yeah, the that 60s. Was, I, there was a moment where I, I realized that really stood out where um, John... Jonathan? John's the younger one. Yeah, John. Okay, so John, he's the guy filming everything. He's always sort of, well, for the most part, behind the camera, right? Because he's holding it and operating it and whatever. And he's also operating the sound. But there's a moment when um, uh, Thomas is standing across the room, like next to the one of the statues of Mary. And John puts the camera like maybe on a tripod or whatever and then walks across the room and the sound design of that and feeling like oh right we're hearing this mic that that thomas has across the room so his dialogue has been really clear and john's has been kind of muffled and then as john walks across the room you get that sense of the room based on the mic because it gets more clear and he's closer to the mic and like i sort of suddenly was like this is the thing that makes found footage actually work, right? Mm-hmm. Like it makes it feel good because they're paying attention to that kind of detail. Um, yeah. Like, and there's, you know, there's sort of little things with like how the splicing of the film, because obviously it's on reels. So there are times in the movie when it's clearly the film has is been sliced, but the sound is consistent because the sound is on a different track. Mm -hmm. So that's a very nuanced sort of thing. And and maybe to a certain degree, not necessary, but they put it in because it adds sort of flavor and and realism to the the execution of the thing. Yeah, the versatility. (laughs) Yeah, no, and and actual moments, yeah, yeah, agreed. And and moments where it felt like you could only do it in the found footage movie with this kind of story that I think did have a, like some cool artistry to it or like kind of pushing for something interesting or cool. Like there is no, there are more examples, but the one I remember, maybe just a couple more examples, but the one I remember was where it was like a super long take that was just a shot of the tape reel playing back. Like yeah, that, that I, was a neat way. That was a really neat technique where I just really tuned into the moment. Then. I I agree. I had weird sort of mixed feelings about it, but like just as a thing, like the the feeling that it gives you was really effective. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking from a practical standpoint. I was like, 
did they fuck up and like they just don't have they didn't have the budget for this footage like to film a thing so this is their solution to like just film a you know an audio reel going and we listen to this conversation but it's irrelevant whether or not that's true right like because the effect of us sitting there and watching the reel spin and listen to this conversation kind of forces us it's a little hypnotic and it also forces us to fucking really listen yeah. to the conversation. Gives weight to what yeah. was being said. And suddenly said. it was like, is this, yeah, they did it. They did it twice for sure. Mm. Um, they might have done it a third time. There's one time though that is a long. Con- it's like a minute and a half conversation. That's the one I'm remembering. Yeah. And that it was, you know, it had quite an effect. <laughs> yeah. And then just, you know, it looked like it was actually shot on film and just that Mm -hmm. even with, you know, combined with the setting had this, I thought, like really effective color palette and just feel to it. It's just gray, dark. It just felt, it felt eerie. Yeah. The setting really helps. And the setting. Yeah. You know, there is, yeah, there's just old, dank, hospital-y. I don't know what else would you call that. It's got kind of two things going on. It's it's got the hospital wings that are tiled and well, it's that it's creepy. even though it takes place in 1960, it feels like it could be 1760. Like that there's the, definitely yeah the or that the place has been around since yeah. then. Yeah, it's got yeah, it's got kind of both that hospital feel and also this like God, how do you describe that? uh mansion like country countryside mansion like a manor it feels like a manor mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well it reminds me of um similarly to, to hexen at the end like mm-hmm. the real life footage of where our similarly yeah. all the women are kept yeah totally kept god jesus i know <laughs> and mary and joseph <laughs> um yeah exactly <laughs> um i thought maybe the standout thing for me in this film actually was i really liked um father thomas both as a character and the actor mm-hmm. who gave the performance the main guy like it seemed like this is one of those performances that were you know it, as if it was a much better film almost like mm. he brought the gravitas is it's great just you know, depth to his eyes and performance. Yeah. It's always, he was on the screen plenty, luckily too. Cause honestly that yeah. he was a big, big factor for why it just felt like it, you know, how, whatever did elevate the film. I, I give it a lot of the credit to him. Yeah. I think even to, yeah, more credit to him. If the film had wanted to go even further into sort of him as a character, which I think there was room for, I felt very confident that that actor would have killed it. Well, maybe you that's... You know, like he would have, you know, was I, very capable of, of I think giving that's, us a big performance. Yeah, I think that's what worked for me, though, is that he still... That was still in there as far as, mm-hmm. to like, how, de- you know, deep of a character he was. Because he was, like, it was written well, too, just as far as his character, you know, someone who's, like we already said calls out the hypocrisies of the church has, you know, an interesting take on it feels like a, a real priest person, you know, yeah. in, in that yeah. sense. So even without, you know, having to take it to the extent of, you know, so the, like the character arcs and the exorcist, which I don't think would work in a found footage film as much, or you don't necessarily, 
mm. necessitate or want. Um, I have I, I have thoughts about that. Okay, okay. But yes, I, I'm with you. Well, that's maybe just a more of it towing the line between mm-hmm. a found footage film and a not found footage film. But um, no, I thought, yeah, the, as far as the writing of his character, it was there as far as him being the good character. And then yeah. his performance brought that out and more. Yeah, agreed. Also, I think just the other uh, performance casting I enjoyed was the main evil nun, Mother <laughs> Superior. She's great. Just Yeah, you just had to like... Just you know, show her, you know, turn the camera quickly and she's sit, sit, standing there looking at the camera and she just has that kind of face where you go. Ah. <laughs> yeah, very much so. I was like, yeah, there's she's doing a very interesting thing, like from a from an acting standpoint, she is really good at being still and relaxed. Mm-hmm. And those a lot of the time that's. A, a challenge for a lot of actors, right? They think that they need to do something like, mm-hmm. or they need to put something out, like emote something. But she's quite still and quite kind of like uh, blank canvassy for a lot of it. And the effect is that when something, when she actually has a little bit of a like, like she leaks, so to speak, like a little emotion or a little like f- flutter of something it's much more sort of disarming because we go, ooh. Like yeah. We've been watching this woman be very still and calm and then suddenly she gets a little flash of like anger. Right. And it's super subtle and it's very upsetting. But at the same time, <laughs> it's felt um, not necessarily surprising, but like the the way she carries herself, how you described, like makes it so when then she does have the moments where like at the end where she's like, I am the devil worshiper, you know, whatever is going on. It just like, Oh, this is why she was so disturbing because this perfectly, how she was the whole movie perfectly leads into this. Like there's no, there's no jump. There's no leap to be taken between like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. That's what we kind of felt and why (laughs) that's why we were creeped out about her all along. It's a really, really good performance. Mm -hmm. Just, you just have these, um, suspicions just mm-hmm. in your chest you yeah. get from her is cool man it's a that's a fucking evil character <laughs> yeah i think that's also great it, it also you know what the i think that that is one of the things that i find horrific in life is the person who who puts on all of these fronts and sort of in a way hides behind morality, right? Like this is a good sort of overt example of that, right? Like a nun, we think of a nun as this, you know, pious and, and, you know, caring or whatever. But we also know like historically how that doesn't necessarily translate a lot of the time, not to take anything away from all of our nuns who listen to the show, like, cause I'm sure there's lots of you that are wonderful, wonderful human beings, but there is sort of that, I mean, talk to my dad for five minutes about Catholic school in the sixties. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> like they're assholes, like not everybody, but there are the assholes. And maybe we should clarify this is, does take place in 1960. So. Right. And so Ireland has also that. And we haven't even said this is. Yeah, Ireland, Irish filmmaker, right, all this. Right, So Ireland also notorious for that thing of sort of, you don't really, um, I don't know, express emotion. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right way of putting it, but there's a, um, fuck, what's the, what's the word? There's, um, there's a term for this where it's like, you kind of bottle everything inside mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't, you don't 
act out and you don't put things on and then eventually it fucking comes out in another way somehow usually not in a great way right there's that i just watched uh the movie frozen not the horror film but the musical the kids musical i watched it recently too. that's what it's about (laughs) yes yes exactly you can't you can't bottle it all up inside you've got to let it go yeah exactly maybe this was the thread that you were on but um (laughs) it's yeah what what works so much and is so much fun about you know the mother superior the evil nuns thing is that they're supposed to be like yeah like you said a pious source but just also it's it's really scary and disturbing anytime it's supposed to be someone that is a source of like trust someone that you're supposed to be able just to like you know that 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 they're following the the Jesus selfless message. You know, someone that you can't. You know, and to think of it as an institution too. That's why it's so fascinating. Of like when we think institution, we think stability, something grounded, something I should yeah. be able to hopefully turn to for that sense of just you know stability. Well, there's also the really uh, unpleasant aspect of the moral justification where she she at a certain point is like. We're fucking taking care of these people, like, the, like, oh, right. the they're, sacrifice that we have. They're to, selling to... babies or kids right. in order to keep the women there, right? And she's like, "That's just a, you know, a, a, a justification that that I can get behind because what what else would you have yeah. me do? But so it's, it's like, <laughs> like, be a good person and don't be a piece of shit. I don't know, <laughs> right? Uh, specifically for this film, though, I loved how all that was taken to the extent of they aren't just like evil and corrupt, you know, nuns and nun. It's they're devil worshippers. They're actually like Catholics turned all the way to Satan worshippers. They have right. they have the possessed girl downstairs. They have their inverted like um, yeah. they, they have their their skulls and their goat skulls yeah. and like um, what are the you know just um, altars yeah. and shit. Yeah, exactly. Like to have a nut that it's literally nuns doing all that. Um, it's, just, it's just cool that they took it that yeah. far. But they and I just I really like the sort of commentary of this too because there's this moment when uh father thomas is calling her out on this shit and he's like how the fuck is the bishop gonna feel about this like this is super fucked up and she basically is like he's cool with it yeah and it's like it sort of speaks to this it's a little it's a little bit the um like the what do you fucking call this in politics the deep state Right. Mm-hmm. It's sort of got that vibe of like you, you know, we all ha- sit on this pretense of we're, you know, the moral authority or whatever. But little do you know, everybody's in on the fucking shit mm-hmm. and every, you know, like if you, it goes all the way to the top. <laughs> right. 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 So there's something really kind of deeply scary about that concept of of like the institution that calls itself something good being really corrupted yeah. underneath kind of it also reminds me when you're talking about it kind of another parallel to the paranormal activities where it is like had this film gone on to birth five sequels or whatever <laughs> like that's the jumping off point where the paranormal activities you're always getting a sense of oh this thing is bigger than we expected right, right, this right. organization yeah every time but i think that's you know that is a re- reality within the irony or the hypocrisy rather of 
a lot of these big institutions, right? Like Catholic priests Absolutely. do awful things. Think- like they're humans too. Miss not being able to trust institutions again right. is like yeah. been a big thing for uh well, our lifetimes and continues to Definitely. be just and, as far and, as the theme explored. Yeah, and and the power of that and the power to cover up the the uh, you know the bad things that that have gone on systemically within God. the institution, right? And, I wanted, and how fucked up that all is. I almost think more and more like yeah, just sorry for the tangent, but like that it's disturbing too, in the sense, not just how we think of it as the, um, you know, like it's deliberate, but like when you look at the talking heads on mainstream media, that they're Mm -hmm. just, they're just repeating whatever, like this, this, this not, you know, accurate thing is, or or not, I should say not, um, full picture, you know, perspective is on things. So like, I don't know. I don't know where it's, I was going with that. But well, I think it's just that, 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 it, that, that that's permea- disturbing it too. permeates um, the the outlook in so many different ways that, that people have ultimately, right? Like it, it kind of seeps into our, like all around us, you know, people will justify things inappropriately because these systemic you know, issues have gone on for so long, it, it becomes the norm. And what's and you go, yeah. you know, when you people call it out, they're like, yeah, but and it's like, dude, you, you, there's no yeah, but like we're right. talking about women being basically imprisoned into slave labor, <laughs> right? You know, for what? Because because some asshole raped them. It's interesting, you know, or yeah. whatever the thing is, because they happen to genetically have a mental disorder. Yeah, like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. And I think that to the credit of the director, who's a woman, so that's like you know she she's keen in on this from her perspective, and and rightly so. Like this is shit that we should be talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, that's again why uh, also we like horror. A big part of why I like horror in particular is having having the ability to take these things that are fun and crazy and over the top as the framework to talk about systemic social issues. Mm-hmm. You know, historical or not. Like you, you don't think you watch this movie and be like, yeah, 1960 was really fucked up, but we're cool now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like no. Shit's still going on to some degree in some form. It's I mean it's yeah, it's fascinating to it takes sort of a embody like sort of when something that that's really bad that comes from all this like let's say you know the corruption of the catholic church and you know the the pedophilia and all those the, sure. you know, the instances and even you know what this movie's about like it takes sort of something that's a worst like the 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 absolute worst embodiment of all that's wrong to really get people to not mm-hmm. just go oh whatever you know corruption and you know exploitation in the film industry took a harvey weinstein you mm-hmm. know it mm-hmm. wasn't it wasn't enough until like we really get this this bomb drop yeah it like it has to go close to the top of the food chain for mm-hmm. people to start carrying which is fucking nuts right but you know I in think a way it, it makes sense though y- y- exactly that that was <laughs> where i was going it does it does make sense right well, it makes sense to the extent that people to supersede to 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 make a world where you know where to to 
to call out those things requires building and to, you know, act on it requires to an extent building a new world, building a new outlook, building mm-hmm. a new system. And the key mm-hmm. word there is new, which is scary and, you know, deep totally. down to people. Totally. Yeah. It's, status quo. We, we live in a world of people trying to maintain the status quo. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, this movie is a, is a nice example of like those times in history where we kind of had tipping points where we go, yeah, enough with this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's got to stop. Yeah. Right. Because like, well, it'd be interesting to see sort of the history of these, these Ma- Ma- Magdalene laundries and the f- like yeah. how they, f- I'm obviously they stopped being a thing at some point. The right. Filmmaker, the filmmaker, she did um all her research on it too. I know that's what she yeah. had been into. So, you know, this is potentially the reason she picked this year may have been that this was like the last bastion of that era. Mm. Um, We could look that up, but we're not going to. (laughs) Or we didn't. Any uh, (laughs) other specifics in this film? Yeah. So, so yeah, I like there's a few moments that I really think were fun. Um, The most of them involve once we meet. Catherine, who is the girl who's being held captive, right? So, and story-wise, I think this is an interesting and 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 pretty fucked up and fun thing. Um, that like we've established that what this place is, and and that these women are sort of just labor and whatever, and that that's shitty. But then there's like the next level down, figuratively and literally, of women who are da- who they deemed dangerous or dangerous to themselves and can't be in the sort of upper level of social like they can't be in a room with other people and so they're effectively just tossed down into the dungeon and this woman Catherine girl Catherine whatever she's quite young right she's I think probably she's supposed to be 16 16 okay um they decide hey you know we got to go check on her and you know sh- whatever um and she's literally chained to the wall and the father thomas is like this is unacceptable <laughs> right. like, like oh yeah, here she is just normal chained right. up to the wall right and and the mother superior is like well we have our reasons <laughs> it's like fuck you so right thomas is like unfucking shackle her right. and get her out of here and like bathe her and whatever and there's a very cool moment when they do that and mother superior's in the hallway kind of being like you know like we'll see what happens and they do um Catherine, as they're about to hit the threshold of the cell, essentially, that she's in, her eyes kind of roll back into her head and just go white. Oh, yeah. And then flip back down and she attacks one of the nuns. And it's this very eerie, very, like, you know, quick but effective moment of like, oh, shit, we're fucking in trouble. And then it pays off. And then the fucking mother superior, of course, is like, told you so. Yeah. Assholes. Um, that was a good that moment. That whole section, I actually liked a lot of it um, before it kind of fell into the cliche stuff. I was really kind of on board with the vibe of it, the setting of it, the the eeriness, all of that stuff it was yeah. cool. Uh, in particular, later when she is back chained up and in the bed – and the nun, I, is it the nun that she attacked? Maybe this happened. Yeah, the, I think it's the nun she attacked. Maybe it's a different one. 
like suddenly fucking the power of Satan like comes out of the girl and the nun turns like twisted and upside down. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, it's super fucking disturbing. And that was, yeah, really good use of the found footage to just sort of give you just the glimpse yeah. of it in a way you bought. Yeah. That was fun. Those, and were, also, those were my big ones. Yeah. Yeah, no music playing made it really work. Yeah. <laughs> those moments. I w- yeah, sorry, I was going to say I was well. So the- those that first moment when we find her chained up when they lead her there, that was a good development as far as just you're reaching a new area of this place right. we've been in. Yeah. Oh, she's pregnant as well. Right. She's a 16-year-old who's pregnant and like you're thinking that's why they put her down here. How fucked up. Right. But just um and oh, I mean, that was, yeah, fun as far as a thing that's okay, it gets you, okay, stuff is happening, right, you know, stuff's right. changing in this film, we're getting developments. But the reason they were going down there, I remember, was because yeah. this, this was another cool development, was when all the Mary statues started tearing blood. I, I actually, yeah, I as I was talking about the Catherine stuff, I was like, oh, that's why they're down there. And that's so they, right, that's very cool. They connect the, the blood to her blood type. Right, because I'm not sure we, we said this specifically, did we, that the re the miracle that they've been sent to investigate yeah we said it in the oh we did okay good is the the mary's bleeding from her and so that was a really fun moment too when you have thomas the doubting thomas all of a sudden (laughs) be confronted with just all of them just start bleeding from the eyes tearing yeah i guess and then is that before i guess it's do we meet catherine before the statues all start kind of exploding or toppling over, that comes after. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like that's okay. the next development. That's after the next we've big met thing. Yeah, Catherine, cool. Yeah, right. Because then they chase some ghost or something down <laughs> into the little Satan den. Yeah, and I, I thought just that connecting connective thread from like collecting the blood samples mm-hmm. to then discovering the girl like that was cool that That's felt right. like that was a moment in movie where it's like okay we're actually progressing yeah like and, and plotting here that was a really cool idea oh look up the blood type right like be, clues like yeah and like actually connect it to you know i don't know like like you know that worked with the character he's someone who's going to be investigative yeah. and very practical about it there's yeah. a trickster at play right you know? right yeah I do. Yeah. That middle section of the movie kind of it, it that's it's cooking. Yeah. And I got to say, I think right before all that, too, was there was stuff working for me there and that kind of fun. Like and it was this the good thing. I don't know if I want to say classic. It sounds a little complimentary, but it was <laughs> it was working as far as the jump scare stuff of we have um, Father John like alone in the mm-hmm. room at night and we hear like knocking like all of a sudden at his door and we hear the children yeah. and then it's just a sort of fun like fun and games of right you know leading to what actually was kind of a fun jump scare of one of the kids yeah. like a ghost kid jumping out yeah. from behind the curtains like mm. but, but but just yes i agree there, with there, the idea but then no there were moments <laughs> um there were mo- as soon as that scene like kicked in where it's like there's the knock on the door mm-hmm. And it just it just felt effectively eerie, yeah. And just using the setting, the light looking into darkness in a way that um, was most effective. I want to say for as far as in the film, as mm-hmm. far as that sort of just eerie horror. Agreed. And then the caves are always cool. Yeah, that stuff's eerie and fun. I love a basement. Yeah, the, I fucking love a basement. And you know what we a love too? Stone basement is uh, a. What was it? Was it not? 
deep red. But what's no no the the beyond? We also love oh. a, a basement that then leads to a deeper so cave or basement, yes. which is what this was. So so good. <laughs> yeah, man. Like little tunnels or like crawl spaces really get get me. Yeah, because I just I'm you know claustrophobic sort of in. There's like a threshold for me. It's like I could be in a small room. I don't give a shit. But when you start to have to squeeze through something, that's when I start to like, no, thanks. Yep. <laughs> like, I'm not cool with this. Um, or like the little pits of uh, dirty water in the. Yeah, no. With bones. <laughs> yeah. You, you <laughs> yeah. don't know which way you already came from. That's not cool for me. And it was fun once we were in the caves. Like, I did love the the nuns with like their eyes whited out and it's like it's just kind of like the the end of the paranormal ex- the, the ending moments of the paranormal activity sequels yeah. were always the best parts yeah. like it's, yeah. this is that fun of getting to see the glimpse of this whole other i love like, what's that actually there been is going on. this sort of ceremonial satan stuff going on yeah. like i'm i'm glad we got to that yeah um the other thing in you know do you have many more uh that's it for me okay so uh, i'll tr- i'll use this to transition us but like the th- there is an aspect of the pregnancy and the birth or so there's this aspect of she's a virgin. Catherine's a virgin. The doctor comes in. He checks her and says, you know, she's intact. <laughs> yeah. Right. So she has not had sex and yet she's pregnant. So maybe that's the miracle. Right. Thomas starts going, holy shit, like immaculate conception type stuff. Right. I immediately started thinking, well, shit, dude, that's a Satan baby. And like, we're going to get that payoff, right? And we get all the way down. The baby's been taken out of her, right? Like, and that's a really distressing scene, but very well done because the camera just sits on her face as they are literally like extracting the baby from her, which is horrifying. Um, But good performance by the actress, uh, very effective filmmaking in that moment. And then once the baby is out, you know, it becomes sort of the t- Thomas's, you know, uh, quest to, to save that baby, to get the baby. Um, all of that leading to this sort of Satan ceremony. And there's like a red bit, uh, what would you call that little bundle of, of blanket, blanket yeah. for the baby to be in. And he gets to it and it's empty and all of that. All the way up to there, I'm like on board. I'm like, we're going to see a goat baby. It's going to be Satan's <laughs> baby. It's going to be something fucking awesome. Payoff galore. Let's go to things that did not work. It's not ready yet. Seems to work okay. No, something important's missing. What did not work? <laughs> There's no baby. There's no reveal. There's no nothing. And that really bummed me out. Yeah, the film was definitely, it wouldn't have been pushing anything more ridiculous no. had we had a, some sort of Willow Weird goat baby it or could whatever. Have been, it could have been any number of things, right? And even the most just slim glimmer of that thing would have been enough for I guess me. the horror was that it was missing or something. That they had already sold it or done something with it, taken it to the, I don't know. Yeah, but it, yeah, we I'm don't just get, thinking what yeah, the intent I agree. was. We yeah. don't get we don't get there enough in that moment. The movie and how does the movie end? What's the last sort of thing? Oh, uh, John gets 
yeah. attacked by the mother superior and she's all got the white eyes yeah white eyed and whatever and that's white it white eyes and I'm like that's not enough for me actually I needed and one more little thing we already saw that at the beginning of the movie too yeah what the why why do that that's already I don't like that cold open sorry, of yeah. a point that comes later like it can be done well and it has been right. done well but this is not the movie for that so now that we it's are footage now that we are officially in what did not work that's exactly how I started off our what works <laughs> section right. was describing how and why that that opening um that opening cold yeah. open did not work. It's like, who's so just like, okay, whatever leading to, okay, spooky ghost, nun thing that we get a glimpse of big music build leading up to it. And then now that, yeah, we're in the right section. Just uh, the, the music throughout, <laughs> it was just like, so telling, like, I mean, I really, th- there was a moment, like, I think it's when they get into the tunnels or whatever, and music really swells in, and I was like, well, obviously, we're not in a found footage movie yeah. anymore. What the What's fuck? the point? Like... I don't get it. Why did you do that? In the, it... Do you really think that 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 moment is going to be less scary without music? Well, it's like... It's Wait, so, the, did I say that right? I don't know. The tagline... It doesn't need music to be scary, is my point. The tagline was to this film, this is not found footage. It has been suppressed by the Catholic Church for the last 58 years. Like, you know, the Catholic Church has known about it. Like, this is just footage that they've had kind of thing. Um, Okay. And somebody stole it? Yeah, who knows? The point is, (laughs) if that's true, at what point... Why and how and did they add music to it? Was the church like, <laughs> you know what? Some guy was like, he snuck into the Vatican. He found these fucking reels and he's like, you know, I'm a budding filmmaker. I'm going to make something great out of this. Yeah. Let me hire a composer. Let me hire like, you know, like an editor. Let's get it together. There's again of the word that utterly kills the verisimilitude. Thank you. Of the film. I'm, I'm glad you brought it back around because <laughs> now i really know what it yeah, means. yeah exactly <laughs> and like it, it just it was hard because you know once we got past that cold open there's the part of me that was like really hoping expecting that it could be more like cer- be sort of cerebral well done horror because again the atmosphere was promising mm-hmm. the main uh performance was but then i just kept going back to that cold open being like oh nope this is unfortunately not that movie and then as soon as we get those like those ghost jump scares happening and like so okay so i said like how the sound quality was so cool of um Mm -hmm. of their dialogue a lot of the times are you gonna say the thing that i think i don't know but there's also for every time there was cool it sounded like of the era uh, sound quality like the actual quality of it there was just like Sounded chintzy, modern, like canned recordings of the kids laughing I, in the halls. Exactly. I fucking hated that. Yeah. I was like, I'm listening to a studio like mock up of kids. Like, this sounds like a sound technician had a few kids in the booth, had them make noises or whatever, and then amped up the reverb, put in a little bit of a fucking like weird echo delay thing. And like, it just, it's processed. It's like a processed sound thing. And we're supposed to believe that that's what Father John is hearing out in the hallway. It stood out like a sore thumb. It was crazy how fucking off that was. Yeah. 
I was like, why would you not try to make it sound like it's in the other room or in like that it's I think they were trying to go for that it's that it's supernaturally sort of disembodied, but it did not fucking work. No. It was super distracting. It was like it bummed yeah. me out. And I was saying how I was pretty into that scene, but then it just had this whole other side to it yeah. that was just so unnecessarily overbearing and then just that in itself was overbearing and I just was not into it. If it had been very, very raw sound, like empty sort of room sound, holy shit, I would have been like really into it because that's eerie in and of itself. There's a way you could do the same thing too with just, ha- but just have it sound correct. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah, how exactly. else to put it. Well, so th- there's also the aspect that that scene has, um, there's a few – I think most of actually my biggest problems are the ghost uh, things. Like they're all related to the ghost stuff. For for starters, just in general, I, I think it's always a big mistake to double up on your sort of uh, – what would you call this? Like the – just the bad guys, I guess. Right. Why are there ghosts? Yeah. Like – I get it, right? You These know, are the ghosts of children that have been killed there or whatever. But also, but it's an not exorcism what the movie possession it, exactly. thing. Exactly. Like, it's, it's what's... um uh What's the guy, the Save the Cat guy's name? Blake Snyder. They, I hate Blake that Snyder. you always reference him, but, but it is helpful. But he uses this terminology he calls this shit double mumbo jumbo yep. which it, it is it's too it's you're doubling up on on the sort of thematic things that don't that like yeah they're kind of right. related but like they're they're confusing the fucking point in order for that to work though you have to make that's what's it about it's about right you know like nazi zombies or you know there's better examples you know and and are they somehow getting to a point in the story where they're helping the fact that these kids are trapped there and haunting the place and the answer is no because we go toward the dead or the satan baby thing and so we completely lose the thread of the ghost like who gives a shit it feels like there are the ghosts helping them (laughs) along somehow not really like well how if she's possessed, how do we have more jump scares throughout kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Or how do we make it scarier? Also, I don't know. Then, then you're doing Satan. <laughs> yeah. Do Satan. Do more <laughs> Satan. Like have fucking demons. Have Don't have ghosts. Yeah. Have them be demons. Have it, Have them be Satan's little demons who are, who are like tricksters in themselves. And then you carry that thread through. Poltergeist, whatever. Yeah, like yeah. have them be the thing that are fucking with John. And he can interpret that how he wants. And then Thomas can be like, I've seen this before or not. Or like, oh, you're just whatever. But like it doesn't it's it's too ends of the the yeah, spectrum it's, it's just it doesn't during it i just off. kind of it i just kind of totally tuned out when it was like okay and there's ghosts too right like i'm just like okay also i i've said this before i fucking hate that ghost design the white <laughs> yeah. makeup with dark eyes i it, it like you've got like powder in your hair i just it's it looks so chintzy in this especially so fucking lame yeah like just stop it please stop doing that thing ghosts don't have white faces (laughs) or maybe they do but whatever like do a better job i hate that it just doesn't feel right it's certainly not fucking scary to me 
just looks like a kid who fell in some fucking flower. I would say you are an authority on what ghosts look like, Tim, because... <gasps> I did see one. If we remember, true. but in episode 18 on Air Monty, the blacksmith and the devil, at mm. three minutes, five seconds, episode 18... Tim tell, talks about his ghost sighting and he did not describe it. You did not describe it as Tim. They were covered in white and had no. black eyeshadow. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. It, it's like, just make them, you know what? I think the, in my experience, the, the, that the best way I could say to describe it is that it was, it had a tone to it, like a color tone that was sort of pinkish, grayish, whatever. So sure. But it was sort of see-through-ish, right? It was opaque? No. What, what's the... Yeah, that's right. Like, opaque, no. uh, op- opaque is if it's not see-through. Right. Uh, what's the... So uh... it had a lower opacity than normal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, there are certain sections of it that were clearer, and then there are certain sections that were kind of translucent. Yeah. My favorite are in movies... And it was freaky i love it when ghosts are like this that kind of it's like a person just standing there mm-hmm. kind of like the the wailing or something or, you know oh or yeah it's just questionable yeah. i it like just, that a yeah. lot too yeah where you're like is that a person or what then, are we looking I mean, at i'm also a fan of the jew on grudge movies where it's like the white ghost but i think in a way that for me works is exciting is like it's as we say, it's the closest to the source. It's not like mm-hmm. it's not like mm-hmm. it's just a sort of copy haunted house right. boo thing. Right. It is like there's something authentic about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so you yeah. know, yeah. Not only was it lame, they had ghosts. The ghosts themselves were lame. That's what we're getting at. <laughs> just the yeah, yeah. Somebody along the line said we need more jump scares, and I think that. How do what, we do it? Well, right. it's old. What about ghosts? Yeah. Like, what? It just, yeah. That's a bummer. Um, Make the movie that it should be. Right. What else? I don't know. I mean, honestly, it was just like these big overarching things killed the movie for me. I mean, we already talked about like what worked. There was yeah. a lot of, like the specifics were working. Yeah, I think the yeah, I, I definitely had the thought, like I said at the beginning, the the exorcism cliches just started to kind of like turn into being pretty <sighs> derivative and yeah, familiar. Like, well, can we if you're gonna do that stuff, it's like I get it. There's so much so much material that's come before that has done those things. Like, why are we still doing them the same way? Well, it's not because it's found footage. Well, but I mean the the literal things that are happening, the crosses turning upside down, the like levitating over the bed, like all those things, even the bending of the, the nun's body as effective as that was, every bit of that, I was just like, yeah, I mean, I, I saw this all. Yeah. In like 20 other movies that came well, before it's, this. It's like it has to be. So I'm, I guess I'm posing sort of the question of like, if you're going to do this yeah. type, like what do you do as a filmmaker to not be derivative to like, you can take those elements, but you got to give it something of your I own. I think you have to, I mean, what we already said, have it be just of that like quality where it feels like actual found footage film, you know, don't mm-hmm. have the music mm-hmm. kind of like Blair Witch style. And then, you know, kind of like the best of like, uh, like Robert Eggers, you know, and other just sort of more, I don't know what I like. <laughs> They're the good horror films out there is like the witch to, 
to get us to really buy these fantastical things and like a real mm. what we're buying into is a real world, you have to like build to them. You have to make them like the moments. Like when she levitates or that should be a big, huge deal. You know, right. like make the whole movie about making that moment work. But yeah. here it just yeah, it just falls into that that just jump scare, you know, whatever kind of movie territory it just kills the chances for it reaching that it just it's doing them in that way of where it does feel like whatever i think they missed an opportunity to character wise a little bit in that like so the attempt i i think was to sort of have thomas's arc be you know he he doubts all of this stuff or even to the fact that he it's not even doubt he just he's decided it's all bullshit and that's fine that's a good starting point and then we get to a point where suddenly he's like i'm a believer and it didn't feel like a a appropriate trajectory it kind of felt like he doubted until he just suddenly was like okay now i'm on board and like that doesn't feel good to me and i think part of the reason is is that you need counterpoint to that and father john doesn't quite provide it because he is consistent the whole way. Father John is sort of like wide-eyed, like miracles can He's happen. He's also a non-character. He really is just a cameraman right. at a certain point. So I think that something they could have woven into those two characters and the conflict is, is literal conflict between them that isn't quite there. If John is the believer and Thomas is the non-believer, you have just inherent conflict within that you can have dialogue and 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 like stuff that speaks to that and they can get after each other that over is it. there a little it's there a little yeah. bit but it, it it my point is i think that when things really become fantastical like up until the levitation all of this shit you know Thomas is still like, it's a fucking thing. It's a trick. It's all so fucking you, shit. How, right? would, how would the chained up girl rig all of the statues connected to nothing to like start bleeding from the eyes at the same time? Agre- agree. Like, but, but, but yeah. it's an, it's enough that like you could go down a fucking, you know, a, I just a love pathway it of like, to, maybe she's got some, somebody else is setting her up and it's a, point, it's a fucking conspiracy. I just or love things like that. Cause at that point it seems more ridiculous that it's not right. quote unquote real, you know, but here's, know. here's the moment that I think that they, they could have taken advantage of. If John is sort of always on board with, oh, my God, it's a miracle. Oh, it's amazing. Like God exists and like one, it's lovely. That means that Satan also has to exist. And that point can be made to John and John can have an opinion about like, oh, shit, like the thing that I'm hoping for, that I want to believe in, that I have faith in, there's there's a, you know, other side to that coin. And the moment she levitates we are full force in god and satan exist now because this is so supernatural this is beyond right it's not there is no more argument that something supernatural is happening no it's there's no moment and, and so reacting for, to that right and so i think at that moment john needs to be the one to going i don't want to believe this anymore because this is scary shit and if you have that turn it actually gives Thomas more of an opportunity to go to effectively argue the case for God, which he's 
been the doubter of the whole time. And so suddenly now we have this almost flipping of dynamic, or at least you start to see the wheels turning so that both of them are moving in a, a direction opposite to their uh, initial like uh, thesis that they, they hold at the beginning of the movie. And then once that cranks, we can see the trajectory of John just wants to fucking bail out which is essentially where Thomas has been in his life, where he's like, I reject this. And Thomas is now the one who's saying, no, this is important and we need to further along. And that can get us down. It can't. It's not just the idea that, oh, we're going to try and save the baby. It's also a, uh, a, a theological like motivation. Yeah. And I think none of that really happens it sort of surfacely happens where we're down in the tunnels and thomas finally goes okay i'm gonna pray yeah tim you're right you're so right like it's it's it just evolves and without that moment of and and what i think what you started saying what having a moment that allows for oh now john i am a character i'm newly afraid of satan and they both are going through that. Yeah. Then they're reacting up against that. But what we have, it just kind of devolves into a haunted, chase. yeah, haunted house mayhem, a chase, yeah. and that's when that really felt familiar. Of mm-hmm. like, just felt like a a wreck two clone or whatever, or yeah. wreck clone. You know, it's just yeah, that's when it really did lose me. Was that last chunk of just yeah, a chase in a way? The lighthouse is a good counterpoint to this (laughs) in the sense of sort of broadly you have these two characters who have very opposing uh, worldviews that causes most of the conflict but it causes also them to sort of go toward each other Mm -hmm. even though they're they wildly don't want to right and then there's this overarching thing that this mat this thing that is drawing them in which in this case is the lighthouse but like in this movie, you could kind of do a very similar setup where it's like the com- they're both compelled to see the answer, but neither of them want to look at it. But at the same time, all they have is each other. So that's why right. they're right. They're being drawn to each other. Yeah. There's there's also one other element that I think is is lacking in that is the ability to just say, fuck it, I'm out of here. And there's no there's nothing really stopping them other than their own desire to to stay and figure it out i think that without the roadblock of an escape or i'm sorry without the roadblock to escape Mm -hmm. um it it lessens the danger of being there do you mean how like once they reach the caves yeah sure they're lost but there's no there's no sense of like, oh, can they escape? What's stopping them from escaping aside from just time? Or I don't know. Like, right. it was just a little Well, yeah. Foggy. I mean, that's for further along. But I think that the it could be done in a few different ways. It could be I have a moral obligation to follow this. And, you know, that one person is saying we can't just stop. Are you saying, yeah, because... Maybe you're getting it. I didn't even have a sense for why they were going into this cave. Like, what were they? To chase the baby. Oh, right. They hear the baby. But I, I think even before that, you can set the premise of there's a reason they can't leave the manor. Mm-hmm. There's something that's obstructing them from just saying, you know what? 
Why are we even doing this? If something Fuck about it. the survival of the baby had to do with that conflict of faith that they're going through. Right, right. Somewhere in there, even if, if the nun is sort of like, we find out, you know, toward the end that one of the reasons they couldn't leave is some bullshit excuse that the nun made up. Some something just somewhere along there to make us feel a little more trapped mm -hmm. so that when we get into the tunnels, it's sort of compounding the fact that they're trapped as opposed to just being or, I mean, it, it singularly. Could, it could just be, you know, still save the baby, but have that moment where it's like one of, they, they bring up leaving or one of them convinces the other not to leave right. something yeah. like yeah. so we feel like we are having to stay. Yeah, it can be literal. It can be sort of philosophical, but it doesn't really happen. Mm -hmm. It's just they're a, they're a product of, oh, we chase this thing and now we're lost. Yeah. Okay. I think those so are thin. those are great notes, Tim. There you go. Should we have anything else? <laughs> Speaking of notes for uh, things of note? No, nah, not really. I don't love the nuns flitting around, at, like the <laughs> the like the attacking nuns kind of thing. I'd rather have just seen them. Uh. Happen up, not happen upon, but eventually get to the ceremonial type thing, mm -hmm. and actually see the oh, nuns. Oh, you mean the, the nuns in, as scary yeah. like like creatures? Yeah, <laughs> I I was like not into that. I wanted them to get to the ceremony and see a bunch of fucking nuns doing a ceremony. Yeah, that would have felt more fucked up. It felt to me. like we got only kind of that, like right. hardly that, because that idea and that imagery of if they were in full nun. Yeah, we Regalia. kind of only walked into the aftermath of what right. presumably was that. I think it would be really, really fucking effective mm. and upsetting to see nuns, nuns, right, in their nun stuff. Because when I said that worked for me earlier, yeah, you're right. It was only referring to the the insinuation that that had happened, that idea. But you know what? Why not just? It would have been cooler just to see it. I want to see nuns in their habits, pouring goat blood. All over each other. Yeah. And fucking being like, fuck yeah, Satan. Yeah, you're right. Man, that would have been intense. And I, you know, fun. Right. right. I know it's funny you said, yeah, I was saying how it worked, how it, it went there, but it didn't actually go there. Yeah. I was <laughs> very excited when we saw the glow of like, like firelight <laughs> in the tunnel. I was like, yeah, here we go. Yeah, man, you're and right. And then it was like, okay, yeah, it's an alter kind of, but not <laughs> They great. pulled the punches, not what you want to do in a horror film. Yeah. All right, all go. right. Things of note. Things of note! <laughs> this should be interesting. I only just had that... Budget was estimated, according to the Internet Movie Database, at 500000 and Whoa. the cumulative worldwide gross was $516,660. <gasps> so, it did... Satan! <laughs> so... So many sixes! <laughs> so, excuse me. <laughs> Three sixes in a row, and... It made a profit, just barely. So to Satan willed it. So our to ourselves and any other uh, filmmakers putting their projects together out there, if these people could gross on this movie. So can we? Yeah. Um, my thing of note is the director's name, which we have not mentioned yet, is Aislinn Clark, and Aislinn is very close to my name. It's actually one of the the names that people m say 
often when they read my name you out mean loud. Timothy Aislin. Yeah. Timothy Aislin. Which is a very, a very Irish name, but my last name is not actually Irish, but I am like half-ish maybe. Yeah. Sort of somewhere in there. Um, so, you know, cool. Aislin. I looked it up. It means, um, it means vision or dream in, in, I guess, Gaelic maybe? <laughs> it's an Irish name, so yeah, it probably is Gaelic, but yeah, it means vision or dream. Should we add this How to lovely. our things of note is look up the director's name in meetings? <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> James Cameron. Well, Cameron is derived from camera, and he's a filmmaker. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't really have anything else. I didn't have anything else. I didn't either. I think other than there's sort of a an interesting mix of takes on like reviewers. There's a lot of people who are really into it and there's a lot of people who are like, this is shit. I'm sure those ones who are really into it is why it made it into our yeah. hat. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that I think that the attempt has earned it a lot of credit and, and, and the the, the the material, like the attempt to sort of say, hey, a lot of the stuff we talk about and things that work, like, hey, this is a thing and hey, we should be talking about stuff like this and like, let's make movies about, you know, putting a magnifying glass on how fucked up people are or institutions are or whatever. And yeah. I think that that carried a lot of weight for a lot of people. Yeah. And that's great. All cool and theory and imagery and yeah. what it is in essence. Right. That's um, his kind of thing with horror films, Tim. It's like, uh, it's that's what sort of people tune into with them even when it's not you know objectively yeah. good or whatever it's like it's still doing what it's doing it's still offering this up mm -hmm. on its platter you know oh i have one more thing of note that's more of a broad story thing um it didn't work or not work in any sort of way because it just wasn't a thing mm -hmm. but i really wanted or felt that you could benefit from having more interaction with some of the women having their point of view in this movie that that are not the you know the uh, possessed yeah they definitely girl. felt missing they're there and they don't there's like a couple moments where like one girl starts to say a thing kind of calling it out like we're just here fucking doing this work and she gets her ass kicked right we see that moment and i kind of was like i think it's a yeah, I think that you could benefit a lot from not just being relegated to these two men. Yeah, I was thinking it was kind of interesting not having one emerge as a character or yeah. or being some kind of voice of yeah. whatever. So, yeah, like it, it in a weird, ironic way, it almost falls prey to that issue of women not really having any lines or not being the main character yeah. And that's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so be it. All right. Should we uh, yeah. move on from the devil's doorway into what we might be recommending <laughs> this week? Yeah. I'm just going to recommend it. I mean, <laughs> you know, I only have so much that I'm watching, um, but one that uh, I, I enjoyed, I thought it was worth seeing was... 1969, directed by Ken Loach, the English filmmaker. Kes, K-E-S is what it's called. It's about a British boy hmm. uh, learning how to falcon, you know, as a as a verb. 
befriends like a little bird, falcon bird. Yeah. Um, and it it filled, it scratched and itched, filled a sort of emotional, intellectual hole in my what I something I've been wanting to understand, which is you know when like hear like the Beatles talking about them growing up and what England was like and. You know, we think of it as gray and depressing and the mean school teachers and repressive society. Like it was always kind of hard to picture that exactly or relate to it. This film is all about it. Like you get it now. It's like a slice of life into that. Mm. And I liked the overall, The I don't almost want to call it the wraparound story of boy befriending bird. Hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. You'll both need to watch it with subtitles. Um, but sure. Yeah. You know, that's something I can recommend dead. I've watched recently. Yes. God, I wish I had one. I wish I had a good one is more like it. Um, I feel like I've turned on a bunch of stuff recently and it's just been like, okay. How about something that's just one of your favorite things? You don't have In to life? do things we're watching. Yeah. In life? Yeah. The never-ending story. All right. Hold it up. For any of our younger viewers or listeners Listen, who haven't, haven't you seen have it. have not watched The Never-Ending Story, we need to talk. It's a great film. I was talking to you like last night with some friends and I, I borderline feel like I could recite that movie from <laughs> front to back. And then I thought about it and I was like, is that, that's probably not true. But that would be a fun thing to be able to do. So I kind of want to like get the script <laughs> and fucking memorize it. I already know probably two thirds of it anyway. And then we'll we'll quiz you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'd really like to get. I I met a girl who has the Orin is sort of the amulet that gets given to Atreyu in it. Right, and you have the sticker of it on your guitar. Have, that's right, I have the sticker of it. I met a girl who has that tattoo on her arm, and I was like, oh my God, you, <laughs> we should probably get married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she didn't want to get married. Um, so, to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the never-ending story, dude, you got to watch it. Have you, do you remember the sequel? I'm trying to. Oh God. I, I, all Don't I just remember is like the, the bird three, chicken actually. thing. Well, that shit's all in the book. Okay, okay. So the the first movie is about the first. Ah, it's a little more. Well, it's. I don't think it's halfway, but it's it's a little under halfway of the book. Okay. Uh, and then, and then uh, Bastion goes back, and you know, shit's all fucked up, and there's this. There's a bunch of tree stuff. Whatever. I just wanted stuff. to see it's, if you remember the chicken it's not guy. Good. The the second movie is not good. I want to see it out of more. There's a third one. There's a third movie too. I saw that one. Jack Black is in the second one. I think he plays the bully. Maybe it's the third (laughs) one he plays the bully. Well, my shout out for within the never ending story. I'm sure uh, some of our listeners appreciate here. Snail Rider. Oh, so good. Yeah, so good. All right, Uh, I'm excited to pull from this hat, Tim. Wait, what? Is it your turn? Yeah, you, you. I swear, I remember you saying <laughs> the devil's excited. doorway, right? I probably did, or maybe I don't know now. Yeah, you're making me wonder it. Okay, who did bedeviled? Who did martyrs? Who did angel heart? Who did goosebumps? You did goosebumps, right? I don't remember. Who did the? <laughs> who did angel heart? <laughs> I you, don't remember. Did you pull angel? I heart? think I pulled angel. Heart. Okay, let's go with that. Tim okay. pulled angel heart. That means I pulled martyrs. That means you pulled. Deviled. That means I pulled Devil's Doorway. All right, your turn. 
Ooh, more, more Satan. <laughs> really? Demon, Demon Wind. It's called 1990. Cool. Demon Wind. I've got a couple. I got some Demon Wind for you. <laughs> got it? Um, sadly. <laughs> All right, cool. That's funny. We go from bedeviled to devil's doorway to Demon Wind. This is now after we've also done Demon House. Yeah. Our other demon film. Oh, so many demons. So <laughs> right. little time. Cool. 19, I'm I, I'm kind of excited to go to 1990. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's a, a curiosity year. <laughs> it feels like that era I enjoy. Oh, my God. 1990. What was I, I doing in 1990? Not watching this film. Fifth grade. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Well, Anyway, you hope, we hope, <laughs> oh, God. you join us next week for Demon Wind from 1990. In the meantime, you could find us at dismemberinghorror.com. Yep. And our ask, if you enjoy the show, is to tell a friend. Tell a friend. Yeah. Get that Satan right out of you. What? I don't know. <laughs> All right. Or into you. <laughs> do, do well, you know, I don't know. I already said it. I'm just trying to make sense of what Tim just said, and I'm sorry you I can't. can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't. All right. Well, until next time, then, we do mean it. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>